Soy Sap Nation, how you doing? Benji Mendoza here, excited for our 10th podcast of the year already with back back with us. I'm sorry, is Miguel Padilla, my man. It's good to see you back, sir. Yeah, it was a busy weekend for all of us. Uh, yeah, I was out of town doing my duty for the great state of Texas with the National Guard. Of course, Benji was doing solo duty this weekend Loved like, the, like the oldies. It. Loved it. <laughs> Love uh, it. Yeah, you got to cover Corinthians and you got to cover SAFC all in one day. You got to see two champions. We're going to we're going to discuss that here in a little bit. We'll Exciting. break it all down. We're going to talk about high school soccer. And uh, let's start off with the first topic. Before we do that, Soy Staff Nation, I just want to thank you for joining us. Taking your time out of your day, as always. Of course, I got the mic wire here <laughs> all up in my way, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. We're going to keep going with this show. Uh, we're going to start off with, what's our first topic, Benji? Let's, Absolutely. Let's Listen, let's go in order. You guys already know the routine. Right now, it is crunch time in high school, Texas high school season, and in San Antonio, especially in our area. Lots of top fives from, from, the, from when we started back in November. The rankings have changed, and there's going to be a lot of surprises coming your way in the girls' top five. And then we're going to be going into a little bit of Rayadas and Corinthians. Beautiful match. And then we're going to be recapping San Antonio FC, who dethroned the USL champions of Monarchs. So let's give it to me, Miguel. Let's talk about these topics. All right. So first, first topic of the day, we're going to cover boys and girls high school soccer. Of course, the girls will come up first. We're doing the San Antonio rankings according to Max Preps. You can always find the rankings at maxpreps.com. You can break it all down from 6A, 5A, 4A, all the way up to state. We can do all of that. What do you got, Benji? Uh, yeah, that just hit me. That just reminded me. Have you been keeping up with these goals this week? Oh, yeah. There's been a lot Wait. of golazos. Monday motivation is going to be sick. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for top five goals of the week. Maybe it might be top ten. I think it's going to be depending. Yeah, there's been a lot of great submissions. Thank uh, you so much for that. But let's get to this right now. Actually, as of right now, with a couple of weeks into playoffs to happen, it's already March. It's March Madness. Playoffs, districts, everything's happening as of right now. Where are our ladies on the top five? All right. So we're going to break down top five San Antonio rankings. Remember, this is just overall rankings in San Antonio. doesn't matter if you're 4A, 5A, or 6A. These are just the top five schools in San Antonio, according to MaxPreps.com. Let's start off with number five. Coming in at number five is Brandeis coming in. Yep. Yep. They got a record of 12 wins, three losses, four draws. Coming in at number four, our local team right here, the good old Unicorns of New Braunfels coming in at 13-4-2. Solid squad. Yep. Number three coming in is Clark. Clark uh, is coming in at 16-3-3. And, and then another New Braunfels school, Comal Canyon, coming in at number two with 11 wins, only one loss on the year, four draws. And number one should be no surprise to anyone here. It is Madison coming in with a record of 19-1. Yeah. Benji, I want to ask you this simple question. Do you think... One of these top five schools is going to win the state champion in their perspective, 6A, 5A, 4A, wherever they happen to play at, or maybe one of these schools that are just outside of the top five. You know what? Uh, That's a tough question. I want to stay optimistic. I want to say yes. I think uh, out of all these teams in the top five right now, obviously the big surprises are the Hill Country schools. Nobody ever considered Canyon, uh, New Braunfels, or even New Braunfels Unicorns in the girls' perspective. I mean, Smithson Valley throughout the whole season was on top of them. And then Lee was on top of them. And then um, uh, Shirts Clemens was above them. And now pop it into the top five. You have Clark, Brand, well, Brandeis, and then you said New Braunfels, and then you said Clark, and then Canyon, and then Madison at the top in, in our local football. It's going to be tough because, let's face it, in the state, if you've been tracking uh, women's or girls' soccer, 
man, I'm telling you, Lake Travis and and um Austin Westlake are dangerous. They are good. Madison of all these teams has the biggest possibility to actually take them down. It's going to be difficult. Uh, Jillian Martinez has been crushing it. Without a doubt, the top goal scorer, the top female player in San Antonio, a young lady with an absolute humble heart, with a an attitude of wanting to always be better, has just elevated um, uh, that team's uh, just the way they play. You know, we went and did a little feature with them, and that young lady was just like, look, we got defenders. We have a keeper. I it ma- They make my job easy to do what I need to do. So will there be a state champion? Out of San Antonio? Out of San Antonio on the girls' side, it's going to be tough. Um, if anybody, it'll be probably uh, Madison. But I just don't see that. Um Never say never. I'm just going to try to tell you, never say never. Um, I think they're going to go deep into state playoffs, straight up. Yeah, they're, yeah. Madison's a great team, like you said. You got you got great uh, great defense back there, as yeah. too, with, uh, with uh, Wanamaker. She's, like, basically the captain of that yeah, defense. Yeah, and she's headed, back. she's headed to um, – where's she going to be playing Wanamaker? I don't really remember uh, where she's going, but I know she's going to one of the bigger colleges. Yeah, Actually, I think she's going to – she went up to UNT, maybe? I believe it's, yeah, UNT. One of those two schools. It's up in UNT. Yeah. I know the girl, one of the girls from Brandeis is going to UNT. Yes, she's so, headed up that way. So that's yeah. going to be a stop. So, stop and Brandeis team. is another school that I think could make a deep run into the playoffs. They might surprise a few people. You know especially what? Especially with what Coach uh, Coach uh, Travis Smith is doing up there. Absolutely. And you know what? Earlier this season, I claimed the Shirts Clements as the sleeper team. I totally misjudged Brandeis. Um, they have a stout team. Coach Smith out there is doing an amazing job with Brandeis. Has him in the top five where he wants to be yeah. um, moving into playoffs. Forget district, forget by districts. The surprising team right now. Everybody's wondering what's going on, but I think these girls will get it together because playoff time, it's it's a whole different level. Right now, yeah. they're just playing to get into playoffs. But Lee is another team right now that's going to be dangerous. They could knock out some big names, but we will see. Yeah, we'll see. And, you know, looking at this top five ranking here on the girls' side, we've been very fortunate enough. We got to see four of the top five schools play in person with yes. Madison, uh, Clark, New Braunfels, and Brandeis. Yeah. Uh, the only one we haven't quite gotten to see, maybe just because of scheduling or whatever whatever happened, is just Comal Canyon. But they're a great school as well. Much respect to, to the, all those top five teams. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, there's been a lot of shuffling going on since the beginning of the season, but there's still a lot left to play. Some of the schools have already won districts, so now these school, the other rest of the schools are pretty much battling out for positioning yep. where they're gonna where they're gonna fit in in that UIL bracket and see what the matchups are. So I know there's a lot of scoreboard watching right now from these teams, and they're gonna see where they fit in because who they face in the first round could matter how far and how deep they go into the playoffs. I absolutely 100% agree with that, man. Let's head on now to the men's side, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and it is heating up. Go ahead. Give it to me. Number five. All right. Coming in at number five, a school that we just visited last week. I want to, uh, first of all, thank Coach Jaramillo and the boys yes, out there for absolutely. allowing us out there. If you haven't checked out their video, it's a great video. Coach Jaramillo has a great story on how he became coach. A lot of these boys are coming from, you know, from South San Antonio. So, you know, their backgrounds are more lower income families. So it's a great story. I love it. And yeah. to see how how this, this team has progressed over the past four years, a team that never made the playoffs, making the playoffs for the first time last year. Just missing out on district championship. And actually, this Tuesday, they're playing Harlan, 
for the district championship. So Oof, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be a good game coming up uh, on Tuesday. I believe it's at five o'clock down at Southwest at, on the campus of Southwest High School. So now we're going to break down the top five boys schools in the San Antonio area, regardless of 5A, 4A, 6A. Let's break it on down. Number five is going to be Southwest coming in with 22 wins, mm-hmm. one loss, one draw. Okay. Coming in at number four, of course, the season's already ended for them, and they are the TAP state champions. TMI Episcopal yes. will finish at number four with their ranking. Absolutely. Number three, Clemens coming in with a 17-1-1. Ranked number two, our second state champions right here in the state of San Antonio, TAPS Division One state champions, Central Catholic. They finished with an overall record of 16-2. and two. And number one, They've been on number one all year long is Ali undefeated with 18 wins, no losses, two draws. Same question to you as I asked from the girls. I know Lee has unfinished business after being in the state final last year. We already have two state champions here inside the city of San Antonio. Is there going to be a third with Lee or maybe somebody else? Maybe a dark horse. I think there's going to be four. Ooh. I think Southwest takes the state championship yeah. in 5A. You know what? I have, to, were, apo- I have to apologize for yeah, Southwest. No, you forgot that yeah. because last year, and I'm going to give you trajectory, they they went from like winning nothing to making playoffs to going deep into the playoffs to lose to Valley View. They got dethroned by Valley View in, from the Rio Grande Valley. Um, 5A is stacked with the Valley schools, Progresso. Valley View, Brownsville, Hannah, Brownsville, Rivera, all of them state champions in their own right yeah. within the last 10 years. Southwest, uh, San Antonio, the Dragons are the number one team in that conference. They are destroying whatever comes their way, playing fearless, playing with chemistry. We saw even in their practice. Yeah. I was impressed. I think uh, Southwest ends up state champions of 5A. And I honestly believe that, um, um, I honestly believe that Lee, will win it. I mean, those boys are playing at a high level. Uh, there's a oh, reason yeah. why they're nationally ranked. Everybody always knows this. Um, and let's just let's just be honest. Uh, for those that always say, well, they, they have a lot of kids in club and elite and all this stuff, very wrong. Very wrong. That is pure talent. A team that's worked together over the last three years, going all the way into uh, the playoffs, getting to the state championship in the 6A division and getting themselves knocked out yeah and it was very heartbreaking to see them you were there miguel yep they lost you know they lost on penalty kicks on and, and that's something that they've thought about ever since that day that drives the team that that's been driving the team this year that drives them to madness of greatness yeah. or madness of not of, of of bitterness but this team has been driven with the loss in an absolute positive way i honestly believe Lee takes a state championship. I honestly believe Southwest takes a championship. That is my sleeper horse. That is my dark horse. If, uh, if we take out, um, if we take out uh, uh, Central Catholic and TMI, there's also Churchill. That's yeah. got that's that's good. And you also have um, uh, Clements. Yeah. Shirts Clements. I believe they're going to go deep into the playoffs. Um, honorable mentions. I mean, Marshall's been doing good in their division. Jefferson's been doing good, but I just don't see them as powerful yeah. as a team as Southwest Lee. And I'll even throw in their um, um, uh, maybe Bernie. Bernie. I'll throw in their Bernie because nice. Bernie is uh, they're doing an amazing work. Bernie might make. They're gonna make state. Where they fall in state, I, I is unpredictable. Yeah. They have basically respectfully behind this young keeper from Southwest, but in the 6A division, yeah. I or, um, are they 5A? They're 5A, uh, I think. 
I think uh, Bernie is 5'8". I believe 5'8". Well, it, it doesn't yeah. matter where they are. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, they have one of the top three, if not the top keeper mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Yeah, they have uh, Kyle Miller, Jeez. Uh, who's uh, who the kid is a beast, and he has actually UPSL experience with the He's runners. He's got some professional experience with the yeah. runners. Shout out to Mason Rankin, That now that we're mentioning it. But Bernie is going to go deep in the state. They got, they got an awesome keeper. They got a stout defense, and they got yeah. kids that can score. Yeah, and just going back to Southwest a little bit, just because a lot of people aren't familiar with Southwest. This is a te- this was a team that four years ago uh, started, or actually even before that, you know, three years ago, had never made the playoffs. No, never. And last year, they made the playoffs with a, a, heavy, a, heavy, a team that was heavy on freshmen. And they made the playoffs and made a deep run until they met the Valley Valley View and got knocked out. I believe it was in the regionals. In regionals, early they, on. They, yeah, they were, they were. No, they actually made a little bit of a run. They actually were one win away from making it to the state. Oh, to that's the, right. To the state yeah, yeah, yeah. Regional yes, yes, semifinals. Areas, yeah. yeah, they were one win away from going to state. Uh, but this year they have seven sophomores that are starters, crushing it, crushing it. There's three three seniors on that team that are great leaders. Two of them are committed to Olu. They're staying here in San Antonio. So yes, look out for wait. Olu to be good here in the next couple of years. I mean, they're already won conference champions and stuff, stuff like that. You know, they, maybe they might make that run in the NC, or in the, the NAIA, NAIA yeah. make deep run, runs yeah. with these two players. Um, but Southwest is a scary team. If they're this good, 22 they're wins gonna, with seven sophomores. We have a potential Central Catholic in the public. Yeah. Yeah. Straight they up. may they may win multiple state championships at the 5A level here in the next couple of years. And then, obviously, a lot of these kids are from Tapatillos. Yes. They're yeah. not big clubs. No. SA City is not a big elite, elite club, club as like say the ECNL Classic Elites or you know the other academies, other academies that are stuff, out there. Yeah. These are smaller clubs on the south side of San Antonio. They produced outstanding, oh, the quality outstanding of play. quality and quality talent. of play yeah. is quick, fast, and it's and you can tell it's distinct and it's their own. Personally, if there ever was and if there ever was a battle of battles in San Antonio tournament. Yeah, I honestly think they could go toe to toe with a Lee yeah. or go to toe to toe with the uh, with a Clark or a yeah. Brandeis. These kids are that good. I'll vouch for that. So that is going to wrap up our segment for Texas High School. It is heating up now. We're down to the top five, moving into uh, the playoffs. It's up upon us. I honestly believe that um, there's going to be more state championships being added to the San Antonio resume. I want to remind you. We have three state champions and one state runner-up in the private sector with, um, obviously, Central Catholic, TMI Episcopal with Division One, Division Two, yep. In Division Three, women's, St. Paul II out of mm-hmm. Shirts Catholic School, state champions. And then runner-up, um, Coach Eric's team, mm-hmm. the San Antonio Christian. Yes. So that's... That's that's a lot of yeah. bragging rights. Yeah, San Antonio is definitely becoming, and the high school level is quickly becoming the center of the soccer world here, at least in the state of Texas, and soon to become national. So, uh, appreciation for all the all those high school players out there. Congratulations on all that success. Of course, there's still much to go. We got the district playoffs coming on. We will be covering UIL playoffs all the way to Georgetown in the state finals on www.soystaff.com, our website. We will be active on that, and we're going to move on now to our next topic. Women's soccer. We love it. Women's soccer. It was a huge international friendly that Benji covered. We actually live-streamed that game. Break it down, Benji. But before you say that, we want to say happy International Women's Day to all you beautiful women, givers of life, 
that are celebrating your day internationally. We love you. We appreciate you. And to all our female soccer players in the city, from the club to our professional, semi-professional teams, thank you. We have you up there. These are only two of the jerseys that we have. From the Corinthians and the Athenians, we're still missing Alamo City. We're still missing Blossoms. Um, we, we appreciate what you do for the city. To all you ladies in high school playing soccer, keep believing, keep supporting. She believes. We're very proud of you. So thank you so much on behalf of us. And But yes, now moving into the next topic, we have covered an international match where a very young San Antonio Corinthians team, average age between 14 to 20, 21-ish, um, faced not only none other than the Rayadas of Monterrey, the champions, las campeonas, the actual champions of Mexico, the reigning ladies, came to San Antonio yesterday, 6 p.m. over at Wheatley Heights. If you want to check that game, it is on Swissaf TV. We made it happen. It was a 5-0 match to Monterrey. But I'm going to tell you this much. Those young ladies impressed a lot of the players. Monterrey, after the game, was very tired. They were exhausted. They did not let out. And even though it was it was a four to zero at the half, they kept coming. They kept coming. And it was a complete different team uh, for the Corinthians on on the pitch second half. They only got scored on once the whole second yeah. half. So that was awesome to see. And it was a very early score. They had a lot of um uh chances moving forward, but it's just like like I said, we're talking about uh, a women's uh, third tier or second tier level of soccer versus a femenino, femenina team. Which, yeah, Liga, Liga MX. Liga, Liga yeah. MX Femenina, which which boasts three uh, Mexican national selected members. Right. And it was, they went hard. They went toe to toe, my man. Yeah, it was, uh, I know that you, we we discussed the, the game here right before we did the pre-show. We're doing our notes and everything. And you were saying that, uh, the Rayadas uh, players and the coaches were kind of impressed with some of the Corinthian Absolutely. players. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, they, so who, were, who were some of the standouts there that so, uh, that they mentioned that on, on the terms of – and this is big because this is Rayadas, Monterrey, Liga MX. Yeah. Noticing these young women from San Antonio that played well, regardless of the score, they saw how hard they played, they saw the skills. Benji, just who were, who were a couple of the standouts there for, so from the Corinthians? Obviously, for the Corinthians, a lot of the standouts, uh, there was very – there was a mix of veteran play. And there was a mix of youth play. I'm going to start with the veteran. Ana Campa, she just, I mean, she knew the daunting task um, playing defense in the back. Uh, and she did what she, I mean, she shut down lanes. You could see her moving up to the middle, trying her best to uh, get the team going. Uh, Ana Campa was a, an, a, a, a just a figure. And it was hard for them to go around her. So they actually had to work around Ana Campa. Um, spread the ball away from where she was and, you know, score close at close range. I mean, just driving at goal, you know, beating the wingers. Uh, That's Ana Campa. Uh, One of the other young ladies that really impressed was Libby Welker. Um, Speed, agility. Um, She's been developing a lot more. She's a small girl, a short girl. Um, She looks petite, but that girl's tough. Yeah. She took, I mean, she took, she's, she was slide tackling. She was turning. She was taking on two or three players, doing her best to move the ball up. 
and I honestly think that I'm impressed the team. Um, the young keeper out of TLU, uh, she Crystal, former shirt steel uh, keeper, she impressed us. Well. And the second half, I mean, they didn't score. Damn. When she came in, she got subbed in. And when she got subbed in, Crystal shut them down. She really did. She had some powerful stops, controlled the game from the back. Um, Julie, Jules, one of their forward speed, agility. Again, she's only 17. And Libby Walker as well, 17. Crystal, probably 19. She yeah. just graduated. And it, they, it, they really much impressed. So it was, uh, it was a game that was held 6 p.m., on an opening night of USL Championship, I'd roughly say about 300, 400 people. Not a bad crowd. For, to, to be present, yeah. not a bad crowd. But online, over 6,000 views online. We actually had, um, I'm looking at the analytics right now. I'm bringing them up here on YouTube as you're talking about the Corinthians game. We have a little bit over 6,800 <laughs> views since the live stream. I think we were at, uh, when I looked at it live uh, I got to peek in a little bit during the live stream. Actually, oh, it was, it was, uh, we were around 800 at once. I mean, of course, people come log in, log off, right? As, yeah, yeah. As, as, as they find out, out that the game's going as they, on, they, as they find in. out the game's going on, right? But I mean, it's impressive to see that 6,800, yeah, 6,800 people have watched this game. You know, and, and it's a testament to the interest in women's soccer. Yes. Um. Uh. I know he doesn't like being uh, recognized, but I'm just going to mention the Corinthians administration and front office. Um, for setting it up. There was a lot of difficulties on the road. It said, yeah. Benji, help us out. What can we do? And we went out there and we, you know, support the game 100%. We made it happen. And now people know that there is yeah. quality players. This is just going to open up the door. Yeah. I'm expecting, what are the end results as we close this, this se segment for women's soccer? What do I expect? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I expect them to come back. Mm -hmm. I expect them to be a rematch. I, I, I feel it. I believe that there's going to be a rematch because I in Monterrey left like okay we now you know what we're yeah. going to bring come and come back we're going to come back and see what you really got yeah. and I'm expecting a round robin bro I'm honestly expecting a round robin play some sort of tournament it's some some I I we need it I crave yeah. it I'm begging you for you ladies uh, uh, for you coaches out there listening make it happen make it happen we need this yeah. um it's going to be incredible that's what I expect out of it Coming out of more women's soccer news, we've dedicated a lot of that to the Corinthians because they played. I'm straight up tell you right now, San Antonio Athenians, and we reshared on our social media pages. They're going through a really cool phase of uh, jerseys. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm a loyalist, so you see mm -hmm. my 2016 scarf from San Antonio FC. You also see my inaugural season of the Athenians and the Corinthians uh, jersey up there. I love it. Um, but I will tell you right now, uh, Athenians is going to look to to match. The level of play of anybody. Uh, Alamo City Soccer Club is holding their tryouts as well as Blossoms. Are they solely? Obviously, Blossoms and Alamo City are more club. Yeah, you know they're more club. They're within. They like to put. They like to recruit from where they're on, and it's fine. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. Yeah. Corinthians likes to bring in everybody, whoever they can, and Corinthians focus more on a uh, youth yeah. uh, academy, which will be bringing you that. And Athenians as well, another team that likes to bring international players. So it's women's season. UWS, UWS and WPSL is upon us. Stay tuned for and all And the UPSL. That. And the UPSL. Can't forget about the Absolutely. UPSL. The UPSL. Yeah. Let me just make this. Let me just say this as a testament for Women's International Day. Back in 2017, only one team. 2020, 
five teams. Yeah. It's, so let's keep. It's great to again. see how the women's game is growing. It's great to see how the high school ranks uh, are improving. The talent and quality of play. Yes. Seeing so many ranked teams so high out of San Antonio. And young ladies. Uh, yeah. Kendall the Plaza, Jillian Martinez. Yeah. We um, have two. Two. We have. We have two. San Antonio local uh, young ladies that have been part of the DA yes. program. The DA, and, for those of us that explain the DA yeah. a little bit, that's a development academy. Development academy United for the U.S. Women's National Team yeah, and the U.S. Men's National the team, US but National team. They've they've already gotten experience. One's already gone to Texas Tech. She played with Brandeis. She actually graduated early to go to Texas Tech, and then we of course we have Jillian at Madison. So one both they may be they may be starting with the first squad with the U.S. Women's National Team here a couple years down the road, and that's one of the biggest things that we've been asked. So much soccer has been played. Why has San Antonio not produced one professional athlete? Well, we're getting there. It's coming. It's definitely coming. And hopefully we can get a w, uh, NWSL team here yes, to San Antonio. Go, yes. Go on. We found the page for support NWSL. We signed it. So the petition to bring a team. Keep it up. They got a brand new commissioner. And I guarantee you, she's looking to expand. And if you stumble upon this commissioner... Come to San Antonio. We'd love to have you. Moving on to our final topic of the night, my man. Well, before we move on to the final topic, I just do want to say thank you to the Rayadas fans. Yes. Let's do it in Spanish, obviously. If you've made it this far, if you're still watching this. Muchas gracias a los aficionados y todos los hinchas de Rayadas de Monterrey. Gracias por estar estacionado en nuestro channel de YouTube y viendo el partido. 6,800 vieron el partido. Muchas gracias. Ojalá que pueden seguir creciendo el partido de fútbol, no, so, no solamente en México, pero aquí en los Estados Unidos. Así es, un gran ejemplo de lo que es apoyar el fútbol sin, sin géneros, el fútbol bello de nuestro mundo, que Dios nos ha dado muy bien por ustedes apoyando a estas muchachas rayadas. Qué equipo, de verdad impresionaron, dejaron su marca y nosotros acá en este lado del, del río vamos a tratar de hacer lo mejor para darle una competencia bonita la próxima vez. De nuevo, muchísimas gracias humildemente. Se les agradece a todos ustedes fanáticos que sintonaron nuestro canal, este canal de YouTube en Suezap TV. Estén atentos a más que traeremos más partidos de fútbol. Cuando se vengan acá, aquí van a estar. So, gracias a ustedes. Now, SAP button off. <laughs> Let's do this, Miguel. San Antonio right. versus the champion Salt yes. Lake. San Antonio FC opened up its fifth season in the USL. The USL is actually in their 10th season in the modern form. Of course, USL has been around since like the 1980s in some form, shape or another. But we are talking the modern era of USL. Before we get into the actual game, I kind of want to talk about the USL a little bit. Okay. Um, and how it's grown and how it, it started off as a third tier in the lower tiers oh, yeah. of U.S. soccer realm. And then, of course, the NASL kind of went away. Yeah. They had their issues, their problems. USL has stepped in. I think it's stepped in quite nicely. And it's actually grown over the past 10 years from, I think it was six or eight clubs that started in the USL mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago to now where we're over 30 clubs. And we're still expanding. There's going to be teams in Pawtucket. I think Buffalo is looking at at a USL team. I think uh, a team in Iowa is looking yeah, to join. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then now we have USL one, we have USL two. So the USL has grown in terms of the sec second division with USL championship. It's actually becoming a respected league. Yes. Quickly becoming a respected league around the world. And it's actually becoming one of the top tier second division teams, not only in the, in the region, but in the world, you know, there are, there are teams, you know, like the, the teams in England have come down and been competitive with the USL teams here. We all, I saw that last year with San Antonio C played Cardiff city. 
That was a very competitive game. Two Absolutely. second division clubs. So the USL is actually growing quite a bit. I think the, the future is bright for the USL. The USL is not going away anytime soon. Of course, now we got to see what the future holds, if promotion relegation is going to come into play, hopefully maybe in a few years. But that's a com- topic of conversation for a whole nother day. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, the USL is doing great. I just want to wish happy birthday to the USL. Tenth year. Happy fifth anniversary to San Antonio FC. We are still here. I think we are not going away anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Let's talk about the home opener and Oof. what a game it was. Yeah, it was an incredible match. It was a match of physicality, of stamina, of will. Um, San Antonio obviously played with um, a lot of urgency. They needed to prove Let's just put it out there. That was the lowest attended home opener in the history of San Antonio with 7,020 in attendance. Yep, it was. It was, uh, I, I believe there was probably several factors to this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. spring break, it was spring, spring break, break it was, it's the earliest, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, I want to, I actually want to break it down a little bit. You know, I don't want to just throw as throwaway lines, you okay. know. Um, you know, yeah, there were several reasons maybe qu- quite possibly for the low attendance. I, spring break is one of them. This is also the earliest that USL has ever opened. That's true. Um, you know, now it's it's extended to 34 weeks, 33 or 34 weeks. Now the season is going to be. That's a long season yeah. for any league. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe people aren't quite ready to for soccer yet. Um, you know, of course, the coronavirus uh, scare that's been going on, or, you know, internationally. Of course, we had that scare here in San Antonio. We can't. Cannot not mention that. I know it's double negative, but you can't not go without mentioning it because we had, you know, at North Star Mall, we had somebody who possibly had coronavirus and all that stuff. So, you know, maybe that was a a reason for it. I mean, and then you have who and maybe there was even skepticism on the team itself. You know, we didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think there's another that, that may be the major factor of why we had such a. Not poor attendance, but it was the lowest attendance. We still had a very decent over yeah, seven thousand showed good up. Attendance. Yeah, but it's just—I mean, it's. Uh, not... But we've been so used to openers having over eight thousand. This is the first time. I think last year or two years ago was seventy nine hundred and some change, close enough to eight thousand. We'll just round it off to eight thousand. But this is really the first time it's had a major drop. Yeah. Um. But those are the factors. But I think as the team plays on, I don't think attendance is going to be an issue. No, especially with Spurs, you know, not winning anything or even going to playoffs. Hopefully, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and I don't care. I'll throw shade all day. About Spurs basketball, you're done. Sorry, goodbye. It's gonna. Take it's a not shade if they're not making the playoffs, huh? It's not shade if they're not making the playoffs. That's true. The well, Spurs basketball, they're not good. Not, they're not good. You're not good. Sorry, yeah. man. Just um, saying the facts. Uh, but I honestly believe that there's been a loss of interest in San Antonio FC straight up because I-35, I had to wait about an hour and a half to get to where I wanted to in New Braunfels because of traffic. So I don't think people stayed you know, away or home or didn't want to do it. I just think that there's no interest in San Antonio FC as far as the fans, but there are the loyals. So 7,000 in a, what's the max capacity of a, it's a 8,000 plus with 8, standing 000, room. Standing yeah. Standing room about 8,200. Yeah. And you gotta, and you gotta think about it too, that, uh, you know, on the positive note, you know, we're right around 4,000 for season ticket holders. I love that. Yes. So you're, are. you know, if you look at the crowd, that's over 50% of yesterday's crowd season ticket, season members, ticket holders. So that means they're, these are loyal, loyal, loyal people that are going to come. Fans. So, yeah. so yes, now that we got the attendance out of the way, I honestly, hopefully will hope that the attendance will be maxed out no more or less than 7,000 for the rest of the season. Hopefully, but let's break down the game. Let's break down the game. Let's talk about that pesky defense. Let's begin from the back where our issues have always been recently. Matt Cardone and the defense last year just getting destroyed, scoring goals on themselves. Usually late in games. Late in games. They letting play, the game they play go. good for about 75 minutes and then. But let's talk about Matt Cardone. Let's talk about Connor Maloney, Mitchell Tainer. 
You know how much I do not like that guy because he's made us suffer in Sacramento. But now he's on our side as well as Axel Schoberg, which was a massive surprise for me. Colin Montgomery and Blake Smith. Yes, those are all the defenders that played yesterday. And I guarantee you, there was a pos- there was an almost tie at the end, but the defense stepped up, got the ball away. So in my opinion... You can name one player, and obviously, thank you, Colin Montgomery, for scoring that beautiful rebound. Put us one. Let, you know what? Before we do anything else, let's break down that goal because it's okay. a beautiful play, and we're going to show it here on on a, on the replay from USL provided by USL. Um, it all started off with a the hard back. foul. Mm-hmm. It actually started with a hard foul on Jose Gallego yes. that flipped over. He did that flip over. Yeah. It looks like he was. He was injured. Luckily, he was he was sore, but not injured. Yeah. And he said well, he's post, a small little dude. And he in his post match comments, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said he was sore. Yeah, but he was just happy that the team won. Got and, flipped, and uh, so it started on that that hard tackle where he got flipped, got the yellow card. Uh, Hayden Partain uh, took the free kick. Partain, yep, Partain, yeah, Partain so had good. a nice. He, so he took the free kick, had a nice free kick into the mixer right inside the penalty box, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, after that, uh, Gallegos actually won the ball as they were trying to clear, as Real was trying to clear it. Yes. Uh, Joe Gallegos actually intercepted the clearance. Hayden from midfield made the run towards Joe, and Joe passed it back to, to Hayden. Hayden quickly turns left, passes it to Blake Smith, and really this is where the goal starts. Yeah, that's, this is where it begins. This is where it actually Blake begins because yeah. he passes to Blake. Blake, I mean, his field division, his his technical acumen oh, was yeah. just through he's the on roof. point. Yeah, he's he on was point. on point. He he had a beautiful cross that landed right at Sony uh at uh, Lucho. Lucho. Right at his feet. He he needles right through three defenders right to find Montgomery and Montgomery just slams it to the back of the net. That was the whole play right there. By a defender. Yeah, and it also it scored by a defender, started by Hayden Partain on a free kick. I mean, it was just beautiful. It, it's something I really rarely saw. That that in depth yeah, yeah, play yeah, yeah, on yeah. score goals for San Antonio FC last it se- year. It seemed it seemed like they were ready for that yeah. type of attack uh, at goal, and that is an Arlen Alan Marchena, excuse me, Alan Marchena signature. Yeah. Where listen, we're gonna build from the back, we're gonna go from the middle, and then we're gonna find our open men. They it seems like they they ran their routes perfectly as they knew where they needed to be. Yeah. I will say this one thing: it is good to see height. In San Antonio FC for once. Yeah, there was a lot of complaints early in the signing in, in this during the transfer season. A, a lot of why this guy, a lot of people were guy, concerned. Yeah, they were voicing their opinions on our on our social media pages. Uh, where's the height? Yeah, where's this? Where why do we have so many defenders? Well, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> now that you see the whole team together, yeah. I mean, a lot of exp- a lot of major league soccer experience, a lot of international experience. Not too many USL players that you know career USL player that I see. On the roster, besides yeah. maybe Kai Green, yeah, a couple Kai. guys out there, yeah. you know, but they were they were hurt. They were out. Yaro was out. Uh, Kai Green was out. I think uh, Akan was out as well with injury. So yeah, I mean, with those three injured, you, now now you see why Alan Marcina signed so many defenders. Yeah, because because we I got mean, guys get, from last season who are still trying to recover. Yeah, and yeah, Parano is out, and I mean Parano didn't play, and we we played phenomenal with this one. It's going to be interesting to see how Pedano fits into the starting eleven once uh, once he comes back. Yeah, healthy. I think it'll be a uh, trade off between Joe and uh, Christian. You cannot play these young players too much. You have no. you risk their health. Yeah, and I don't think they can, and I don't think they can both be on the pitch at the same time no, because they're di- so similar. Yeah, exactly. But now you could, now you could sub one in for the other, exactly. and now you have that X factor of a game changer. Because what happened with Pedano last year is that he played basically all season long, right. and towards the end he ran out of wheels. 
He was getting chopped up left and right. But now you have the X Factor, Joe Gallegos, and that's what we're going to call him, the yeah. X Factor. We've been missing. Remember we talked about this probably last season. Where's the X Factor coming off the bench? Yeah. It's Joe. Yeah. It's Joe. And it's going to be dangerous because if you take out if you take out Gallegos at any moment in time, you put in Joe, you're not losing rhythm. You're not losing no, anything. You're, you're doing a one-for-one one swap, and, and talent-wise, they're pretty close to each other. So when it comes down to the game, we're not going to get into in-depth. We're just going to give you the straight-up facts, the beautifulness of it. Very few things I think I'm going to – I'm gonna. I, I like to – you know, I always like to be part of the negatives. Uh, we still miss that midfield uh, – we, we still miss that midfield um, ball movement and creativity. A lot of – a lot of the game was fought in the midfield. Yes, Hayden Partain is changing that, but it still seemed like, you know, there was opportunities to work. There was missed goals. Uh, there was a one that went right off the that went right off uh, the goalpost on a beautiful play as well. But mid midfield is uh is not a concern, but it is definitely improved and it can get better. But I think that's just first game, first game, first game. Um I just working out the thing, Kings feeling it. Yeah. So, I honestly, I'm trying to find certain things that we can, that we that I that I like to say. Yeah. Well, you there, know. there were a couple uh, defensive miscues. Uh, yeah, very few. Well, um, there was there was one. Backs. There were yeah. There there was one where I believe it was still in the first half. Yeah, it was still in the first half. There was an interception uh, by a Real Monarchs player. Oh yeah, deep yeah, yeah, yeah. and deep deep in the final third of San Antonio's defense and. Uh, Luckily for us that Real Monarchs couldn't capitalize on that one. And, of course, right close to the end of the game when uh, Cardoni made that save and he kind of dropped the ball, kind of came got away from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ball kind of rattled in there. But luckily uh, they were able to clear it. I want to say that was really a mistake because stuff like that happens. It's just Cardoni – I forgot who he collided with, but it was one of our own defenders. I think yeah. it was Tainer uh, towards the end. Oh, he did. Yeah, he, uh, Tainer took uh, out two. He took out uh, one of uh, – he took out our guy and then yeah. he took out – He took uh, out one, one of the Real Monarchs yeah. players. Yeah, but he, luckily he was, we were able to clear that. No, no worse for wear. We still got the shutout. Matt Cardoni gets his 16th career clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, and the first clean sheet of the 2020 season is a nice way to start the season. Yeah. With In two, terms of formation, I two, want to talk. Two clear saves by Cardoni. Yeah, like two, two straight up yeah, clear two good saves. saves. Yeah. And then for the formation, totally different from what it was last year. Start off with the 3-5-2. Three, five, uh, three, five, two, yes. Two strikers. Something that a lot of uh, a lot of teams in the modern day uh, soccer era are not playing with. Yeah, they're not. They're a lot of a lot of them like to use one striker and maybe a false nine yep, in the back yep, yep. Or, or or a true nine. Uh, but now they're playing with two strikers. And then a beautiful thing about the three five two, the way Alan Marcina does it, he has uh, Connor, Malone, uh, Connor Maloney on the right side, Blake Smith on the left side, and they can drop back just as quickly as they can go forward and go from a three three defensive backs to five defensive backs when he needs to. And that was something that I pointed out last year. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit where it was like, hey, late in games, we need to drop a couple people back. But, uh, you know, last year it never happened because we played with that 3-4-3. Three, three, and that's when a lot of these late goals, Shades. a lot of points were given up. So I think it was lessons learned from last year. And you're seeing that. Another thing that San Antonio FC is doing that's different from uh, pretty much in their whole history is pressing high. A lot of the game was played in Real Monarchs' yeah. final third. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it started from the midfield instead of from the our final third. It was you just kept pushing it, the ball, kept, kept pushing, pushing, pushing. Real Monarchs recognized that they switched to a four-four, uh, four. Yeah, they played with a four-four-one-one. Yes, formation, and they were just looking to counter. And San Antonio never gave them the opportunity. Yeah. Lots of fouls. A lot of. I mean, you can see Real Monarchs doing yeah. Real, Real Monarch style, throwing themselves on the ground as they always, particularly normally do. Honestly, that's how they even stayed in the game with Phoenix. And yeah. uh, last year in the uh, USL, 
on the Western Championship games, and then they ended up, you know, winning it against the East. Um, but it was a heck of a game. Um, five, five yellows by Real Monarchs, yeah, just, but, just to show you how much possession we had and how much we frustrated them on. But that. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Lucho Solignac. He actually wore the captain's armband. Very well deserved. Because if it wasn't for Solignac making those assists and his rating passing, I think, was 79 or almost 80%. He was right at 80%, yeah. He was right at 80%. He completed 80% of his passes. He was leading the team. Um, I believe he's the ninth player in history to put on the captain's armband. I think Alan Marchena saw in practice and preseason that this guy up top can actually do what he needs to do to get this team going. Um, Lucho, I mean, I'm sorry, Nacho Valoy, another phenomenal player. Presence, I mean, was pesky up top, was challenging the keeper, challenging defenders. That was awesome to see. But at, at the end of the day, it was a collectiveness of San Antonio FC working together in cohesiveness that got them the goal. And that was because of communication that began with Lucho, uh, Luis Solignac, as we like mm -hmm. to call him affectionately, Lucho. Yeah. Um, the guy is incredible. Here's the thing I want you to think about. Imagine Lucho, Nacho, and then Christian. Yeah. Oof. The South American... The Argentinian connection. The Argentinian connection is going to be dangerous. So that's just that's the game. It was a beautiful game, a very well hard fought game. Cardoni gets his first clean sheet of the season. Yeah. We get our first. Um, uh, we get our first win. A good way to win. A very impressive. A very much needed win. But now is where we have always been, basically falling apart, and that's on the road. So we'll see. Yeah, we're going to a tough place, uh, Colorado Springs. It's Switch it's a backs. very it's even when the even though when that team is not successful, Don't they've always play. been very successful on the road. Just because where they play at Colorado Springs, you have to deal with the elevation. It's probably going to be cold, being so early in the season. There's going to be a lot of factors for this one. Um, I think San Antonio is still going to play their style of pressing. Um, it's going to be difficult, uh, you know, being that being that active at that level. At yeah. that, at that, in terms of, of elevation, you know, yeah. at that altitude. Uh, so we're gonna see. It's gonna be interesting how that game goes. Um, I think San Antonio needs to get off to a fast start and score early if they want to get three points out of that game. Uh, but we'll we'll preview know, that. Later. We'll preview that one but, later. But, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good yeah. game. I I love to see you know what, what was going on. It, it was you know, I enjoyed it. You know, and th there's so much on the bench that we haven't even seen from San Antonio FC. You know, we we didn't see. Um, we didn't see Chu Enrique as much. We saw him in the 90th minute. Yeah, got to play about two minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. And, and then Nacho came in at the end, which was really a lot of fun. But um, Direnzo and Solignac, basically the whole 90 minutes dominated. Yeah. And Direnzo, Direnzo was phenomenal off the ball. I want to mention him before we even uh, top, top uh, finish this topic. But overall, it's exciting. Yeah. This it's exciting to see them. This team looks good, uh, looks especially dangerous. for one game. I know you said that uh, before the season started, you were you were saying that it was going to take quite a while for this team to gel together. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, like there was, was very few, wrong. very few miscommunications or miscues in terms of rhythm. But the team played. I mean, I give if I had to grade this one, I would give them an A. Yeah. I and then you know me, I normally I, I almost want to give him an A plus, but there was just no, a couple, no, 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 they're not, not quite no, yet. No, 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 yeah, no, I don't no, want to no. overdo it. <laughs> For me, honestly, I'm going to give you a B plus, man. Yeah. I'm straight up tell you why. I'm not going. I, I kind of tend to lean to a B, 
But I'm sorry to tell you, there, there was a lot of miscommunication up top. We could have scored a little bit more. A lot of the goals that came in earlier that were missed opportunities were a lot of individual play, which is fine. I mean, that's a lot of uh, that shows a lot of talent. But we we have yet to we have yet to um, it's going to take time for them to to really connect up top. Yeah. I think there's some factors that are missing yep. in the midfield. They played very well. They held their own at all. They dom- they controlled the ball in the middle and in the back. They just took a little bit of a hit. It wasn't the best, but we were grateful that we didn't get scored on. Obviously, um, Tainer and and um, um, Tainer and Smith and Maloney mm-hmm. were very essential. I think in the back, Maloney was the main man. Yeah, with so, that MLS. Solberg, you can't forget about Solberg. And, yeah, no, it was Schoberg. Yeah, Schoberg, yeah. Goodness, Schoberg it was, was incredible. But I think who impressed the most was um, Maloney and Tainer. Maloney is a small, small kind of guy. But hey, he's tough. Yeah. He's tough as nails, and he makes those stops. But there's still work to do. I, I wasn't very impressed with um, – or very convinced. I was impressed with the defense – but I wasn't very convinced as to are they going to last this long season. I understand we have five and we have some excellent defenders that can come in at any moment in time. But I'm going to give them overall a B. They okay. impressed. They were great. We got the 1-0. Should have been at least a 2-0. But we did get lucky. We got very lucky. Cardone made some very key saves. Monarchs were able to take shots on goal on us. And it wasn't one of those things where we dominated the game. Let's just be honest. Yeah. It was a very much, um, uh, there, there was moments, there, it depends on what we're talking about. Who had possession of the ball the most? You the know, San Antonio, quite, they were clear. They, were, they had possession uh, um, shots 58%. On goal. Uh, uh, shots on goal. San Antonio outscored them 13-6. 13-6. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shots on goal, which is good. That's a difference. Mm-hmm. That's a difference in attack. Um, so, and then on the defense, I mean, what, 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 what can we say when it comes down to the defense? Defense, we dominated on the defense as well. We had 18 tackles and 21 clearances compared to their eight. Uh, and our t- uh, tackle, tackle success rate was 72%. So, okay. That, that says a lot about our initial spot. So, with those numbers and ratings against the championship, I'm going to go with a B plus, but I think there's still more work to go. Yeah, there's still work to done. It's just game one. It's a long season. Yeah, long season. Plenty to go. I'm happy we won. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you have to start the season strong, especially you know, seeing year, how especially seeing how Phoenix Phoenix destroyed oh, Timbers 2 6 to one. We're going to talk about other yeah. teams in the league later on, but yeah, Phoenix looks, oh my goodness, dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Soy Saf, Soy San Antonio Football for our 10th Episode of the season. Beautiful soccer. San Antonio C taking the win. Corinthians playing against Rayadas, taking the L, but gaining a lot of experience and in top five girls and top five boys. High school, it is go time. Playoff is on top. There uh, are two watch parties two this weekend. Two watch parties this weekend. Yes, sir. Rocketeers are host, hosting one in San Antonio at the Taqueria Monterrey. Taqueria Monterrey. And we will be here in and, New Braunfels. Yes. At Wing Daddy's. Uh, right, right there Creekside. on Creekside. We're going to be hosting right on the patio. There are going to be free chips and dip for us. Mm-hmm. Rocketeers are down at the uh, Monterrey Taqueria. Like I said before, they're going to have free Alamo beer, I believe, Maybe, which is yeah. one of their sponsors. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have some drink specials up here, too. We'll give you more information as the time comes. But we'll definitely have some free chips and dip. We'll be on the patio, an area that's dedicated for us. So we want to thank Wing Daddies for providing the patio area. It's going to be a good time. We're going to Johnny's going to bring his tifos. There you go. We're going to lay them out. You can chant, get loud. Hopefully, you'll join us. Or if you live closer to the San Antonio area, you go and join the Crocketeers down there for their watch party. Beautiful, folks. We'll be seeing you soon. Stay tuned for more Lower Nineties Soccer Soy Half Edition in La Cancha con Rafa Castillo coming down, and then. Um, we're going to do our best on Tuesday to bring you uh, a 
Harlan San Antonio versus Southwest, a man, a boys match that should not be missed. We'll do our best. Keep supporting local soccer. Keep doing what you do. We love you. We will be seeing you here next week. And cut. Hopefully the audio stayed.